good day, good evening, good night, and welcome to a special episode of the Black Cauldron. We're recording at night, and we're definitely drinking, and we're definitely drinking. We, we are already, the drinking process has begun. But before I go any further, let me introduce my co-hostesses with the mostesses. We have Professor Deb, who is a Ravenclaw, so she's out here giving all the eagle some love. How are you doing this week, Deb? Doing good. I'm, I'm anxious to start talking about my favorite book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Uh, just one minute there, I thought I would run out of um, rum in my drink, but I can taste oh. it now. Um, <laughs> um, they did mention, I just was reading of the rum today. They had a special type of rum, but anyway, um, red currant rum, that was what it was. Oh. Cornelius Fudge was drinking red currant rum in the tree room steak. So I'm a good person of Azkaban is your favorite book, and I'm happy that it is your favorite book because, you know, I develop anger issues while reading this book, so I'm excited oh, to hear your lead. <laughs> you take the lead in this book. <laughs> that was wow. what I was trying to. I just talked to Janina this week, and I was trying to be like, there was something about this book that really struck me when I read it, and I and I don't know what it was. Like, like I have to, I can't listen to it. I have to physically read it this time around, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I had to just say, ah, that's what it was. So I'm really excited about this because I feel that somehow when we get to the topic, we're getting into the real meat and potatoes now. There is no more, we're no more idling around. We're into serious. This, I mean, we were dealing with some serious, crazy stuff in the first two books, but you know, we could pretend that it wasn't really, really crazy and serious. But in the third book, no, we got real issues. So I'm excited yeah. today. How are you doing, Janina? You're rustling and mumbling around in the background. What's up? What's up? <laughs> I'm good. I'm ready to call you out on your um, riddle-solving skills. Um, I did my homework. homework. And you know what? I remembered just five minutes before we were about to record a podcast. If you solve this in five minutes, (laughs) I don't even like you, okay? (laughs) I'll put that out there now, which, I I mean, I think it's clear to you anyways, but... But so I would say I don't think if I mentioned this video, I don't think I would be a Gryffindor. I would either be Slytherin or... Um, Ravenclaw, but somehow I'm I don't think your ass in black people, so I more than likely would be in Ravenclaw. Just on that fact, I ain't trying to be the only black person in Raven in Slytherin. Nope. Maybe nope. you could take over. Maybe you could be the new Dark Lord. <laughs> mm. I ain't doing that kind of labor in the eating neither in the real world or the magical world. It's too much. We, we, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> How are you? I am good. I am excited about this because I'm really hoping that Deb can give me some new clarity and some new understanding. Because you know, you know, she opened up book two for us. She opened up the whole world of book two. Now I feel like I have to go to book two now with a pencil every time I read it and make all this. We we went into book two in such a way that I thought, hmm, book one, I could see why we had two episodes. Book one, book two, before I said it could definitely be one episode. But when Deb said, you know, like, you know, this book has all of the clues, it's just like, oh my God, like, what? And then, you know, two episodes. So I'm afraid to think of what would happen when we get to book four and five. I'm thinking yeah. this one, this is her favorite. So, so I mean, I, I mean, you know what? I'm like, fine to go through it with a fine tooth comb. 
however long but that it, may take. But I would but in many clear, ways, this has a pretty straightforward um, plot. Yeah, many there ways. are no necessary Easter eggs right. in this procedure. Exactly. Not really. But, Not really. But it's a straightforward plot, but it's very complicated, I would say. Complicated so, issues comes up. But before we get into that. Yes. Before we move forward, we're going to go back a little bit. So do you want me to read the riddle? Yes, so I had in the very in the second episode, I had set the task of solving Professor Snape's, um, I guess it's riddle um, trivia. It's not trivia, but it's I guess um, puzzle. But I'm, I'm sure there's a better word. But I'm drinking rum. Thank you, Andreen. It is Jamaican. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> amazing how she can send things from Azkaban. She's got like some serious. <laughs> So in case I blubbered, so let's get let, let's get to the trivia before we because we might be problems later on. So yeah. Okay. So you know the the quick recap is um in the in the Sorcerer's Stone, Ron, Harry, and Hermione are in that uh place where they what is it like a basement type place where they no, have to one of the many mm-hmm. corridors that is underneath that school well, and I don't know underneath why. underneath means Miles basement underneath to me. the school. so they're underneath the school and they have to get past these series of tests in order to get to where the stone is being kept so our lovely hermione gets this task Danger lies before you while safety lies behind. Two of us will help you, whichever you would find. One among us seven will lead you, move ahead, will let you move ahead. Another will transport the drinker back instead. Two among our number hold only nettle wine. Three of us are killers waiting hidden in line. Choose unless you wish to stay here forevermore. To help you in your choice, we give you these clues Four. First, however slyly the poison tries to hide, you will always find some on nettle wine's left side. Second, different are those who stand at either end, but if you would move onwards, neither is your friend. Third, as you see clearly, all are different size, neither dwarf nor giant holds death in their insides. Fourth, the second left and the second on the right are twins once you taste them, though different at first sight. Okay, so I have to solve this, though. Deb, you know what? I ain't trying not to get the professor. Deb didn't even Deb, attempt it. She said no, so. I, Deb has puzzle anxiety, so you just go right ahead. Deb, you earned this right. Okay, you earned that right. So I'm not even going to even hold you to life for that. But, no, no. So, there were two things that stopped me, which I imagined um Hermione at the time it was when it said um three of us are killers waiting in line I wasn't sure whether or not um it meant in a row etc but also it was very clear that you had to see the thing because there were you, you there were issues about shapes and sizes and whatever the case may be to distinguish so I wasn't able to see them so what I did my process is I put seven boxes and I went through the thing. So, this is my order. From wait, wait, wait. You, you drew a picture? I put seven boxes out, right? So, representing the, the bottles. Because okay. It matter. Mm-hmm. Um, because I can't see what is bigger or smaller or shaped differently, whatever the case may be. 
So I put seven boxes and this is my order from left to right. Okay. The first bottle would be poison. The second bottle will be nettle wine. The third bottle is the one that Harry drinks to take you forward. Though, like I said, he just had to look at the one which was like somebody had drunk it. And that would have been easy enough. Four and five are poison. Six is nettle wine. And seven is the one that Hermione drinks to take you backwards. How did I do, Janina? You failed. What? <laughs> that is not possible. <laughs> I know that's not possible. I know that's not possible. <clears throat> because uh, let, let me see, let me let, let me give you my reasoning. It says that the second left and the second right, right? It's just what it said somewhere here. The second left and the second right don't look different. They are the same, right? Listen, we don't have to do this. You're fucking right, okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I just wanted to hear you struggle a little bit. Yes, he's right. <laughs> He is right. And I, you know, okay. <laughs> Full disclosure, I did not solve this, but I said that I did because I knew if I said that I did and I was going to bring it up at the beginning of the next podcast that Reels would actually do it. <laughs> I don't do Reels. I don't know. I'm, that's not my thing. I totally Googled it. And that is the answer that everybody comes up with. Yes, you are correct. Okay. And that answer I didn't comes from the Pottermore fandom. I did. Should I knew not even to try that? I didn't even think about Google. <laughs> I, <didn't. laughs> I, really I knew didn't. I knew that you would sit down and do it proper, and you did. And you know, go ahead, toot your own own horn. You oh, you okay. did it in a matter Ravenclaw. of minutes. Ravenclaw, I'm just saying, Ravenclaw, okay? Yes. Well, I, this is one Ravenclaw that has never been good with <clears throat> puzzles and riddles. So um, you're a Luna spirit. You know. It's okay. Exactly. Unfortunately, though, no one came to me. Did anyone come to either of you with the correct answer? I don't know. I don't think so. No. I mean, Uh, I I think everyone had puzzle anxiety. You know what? Too bad, so sad, because I had a pretty cool piece of Potter paraphernalia to send you. We'll try again, maybe later down the road. Definitely. And I'm not sending it to you. No. Oh, no. I don't need it. I don't need it. I have a a quill. I mean, yeah, yeah. I need. You should see. I, I don't want. You know, perhaps one of these days Deb would take pictures of her merch. Um, I'm sure. You know, but don't want to embarrass Deb. But other than my cool kitchen merch. canisters. Yes. <laughs> um, do you collect the wands? Because I, you know, because I'm doing no, this podcast. No, I've I never, have... I've never had a wand. I have um, um, some you know little things I've bought. I do have a snitch. And I had some miniature of the Hogwarts Express. And my keychain is the Deathly Hallows. Um, but I don't have a, you know any of the wands or cloaks or anything oh, like okay. that. Oh, they have cloaks? Wow. Gosh. Oh, you yeah. You can get anything. You can get anything. I have you can a... Get, um, you can get anything. Andrine, a lovely Andrine from a tennis podcast. She got me when London. She got me a oyster card holder, which is like the subway um, underground mm-hmm. card holder of Hogwarts Express. And I was just like, yeah, but I don't live in London, unfortunately. But it's really cool. So I have it stowed away in case um, I should ever be in London. I'd be like, oh, I got this. But yes, this was fun. I'm surprised that, you know, they want many of these things. And, you know, as I was... Um, 
we'll probably have to go back to this at some point because we're going to have to talk about Hermione always because Hermione is the shit. But there is that scene right after this when Hermione hugs Harry. Oh, that made me so uncomfortable when I read it then and it makes me uncomfortable even now. The way she behaves about Harry going forward. Like, oh, Harry, you're so brave. And he's like, I'm not clever like you. But she's just like, that don't mean shit. And I'm like, yes, it means shit, girl. Because that's the only how you can survive in this world, okay? You gotta study. Like, I, I, I don't understand how you don't understand this. So you don't let these idiots understand this. Why you don't let... Because... But anyway, let's not digress. So, Deb. Yeah. You should take this. This is your I favorite think, book. I think, Why I is it your favorite? It is my favorite book because, as, as I said before we started recording... Um, it is a it has an underlying um, sense of poignancy, um, and of course, when you then when you begin to read further into the series, you realize that um, it's probably the end of the innocence, um, so to speak. Even though, as you pointed out, as we always point out, the books begin with um, a double murder, triple um, attempted triple tri- homicide, an attempted murder attempt. <laughs> And a, dub, and a double, uh, double homicide, homicide. but um, there is still a, a certain level of innocence that permeates the first two books that we, in many ways, we do away with in this book. And so it really does let you know in, in that way that this is going to be something different in the way we move forward in this fantasy world. So we know that um, as the story opens, um, Harry is back with the Dursleys, you know, can't wait to get back to, to Hogwarts. Um, his, everything's been locked up. He can't do his homework. Um, and he, he also, when he gets his letter, he gets a request that, the, that his guardians give him sign off on permission for him to visit the Wizarding Village once he gets back to school. And so he's trying desperately to be a good egg until he can get that signed. And then when um, Uncle Vernon's sister, his, his, the uh, awful Aunt Marge, comes to stay, uh, he loses his temper because all she does is goad him the whole time she's there. He loses his temper, manages to do magic that results in her like blowing up. And he just storms away and then is picked up by the night bus, makes his way to the Leaky Cauldron, fully expecting to be punished for what he's done. I mean, he got into big trouble when he didn't even do it last time. It was Dobby and he was the one who got into trouble. But now he's at the Leaky Cauldron. Who's waiting there for him but Cornelius Fudge? And he doesn't understand. But suddenly um, everybody's so solicitous of him. And he begins to realize that there is a um, uh, escaped convict from the prison from Azkaban, Sirius Black, who is on the, everybody assumes has escaped to kill Harry. And so when they get back on their way back to school, um, they find out that the school is going to be guarded by the Azkaban guards, the Dementors. Harry has his first interaction with them on the train, does not do well, um, and it, it becomes something of an, um, an issue for him that he is not going to be able to shake 
this heart, these horrible dementors. And slowly the story of his father, his father's time at Hogwarts, his father's friends, um, um, Lupin, his, the relationship of Sirius Black to his to his parents, all of this starts to un, unfold and culminates in um, the, uh, the the recognition that Sirius Black has been falsely maligned all this time, and he is not the one who should have been the prisoner of Azkaban. So that's just a, a thumbnail sketch. There are lots of other things that happen in between. We learn about Hermione, um, who is definitely from the school of got to do twice as much to be half as good um, way of thinking. We see that um, this is the one book where we don't have a Voldemort sighting of any kind. Um, we Right now, the, the connection to the Dark Lord is all about his lieutenant, um, Sirius Black, and then later um, the, the hidden lieutenant, Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew. So we really do, though, get to see Hogwarts in a different light because the school, um, from whether it's the, the, the portrayal of the weather, whether it's the discussion about the weep whomping willow, the shrieking shack, it's much darker, much grittier um, a, a place than the kind of sunny experience that we've had in the first two books. So, well, weather-wise, well, weather-wise, you are correct. There's always storm. There's always winter weather. Mm -hmm. It's cold. So there is a dark. Um, it's Lots foggy, of rain. It's mist, yes. rain, exactly. So mm -hmm. there is that. I mean, as they would say in literature. There is a sympathetic setting, I think, that seems to yeah. always um, mix with the mood of the people in the, the, the books. Otherwise, the book is, I would agree, very dark. But you know, I like to start at the beginning because that's where my real trauma <laughs> always lies. Okay. And what, before you... he leaves the Dursleys? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> is... Oh man. That Harry is at a homicidal homicidal maniac. Is a true testament, I guess, to his, I don't know, moral fiber character somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he, he's delivered up always like an Oliver Twist. He's making different choices. He's incorruptible. But let me tell you something. Aunt Marge, let me tell you something. I would have literally sent a message to Voldemort and told him that <laughs> Harry's at Aunt Marge's house, that you need to go there and look for her. She knows where Harry would be. Because, listen to me, it is a point of how vicious and rude and, and just over the, just, you say golden, but I would say the abuse that even Aunt Petunia and Uncle Dursley and Uncle Vernon are taken aback. They're like, girl, yes. you are going way <laughs> too far. Like, yes. And right. we, try to beat, we try to beat him with a sauce, with a skillet. We, <laughs> we do all manner of things to this kid, but you... You are taking this to the extreme. And yeah. what is interesting is that, and, and they don't recognize that they, they, they set this up, right? That is often like, mm -hmm. you would see, I remember growing up, there would be incident where children would go and get their parents because they, they, they got in some issue with their teacher, with the teacher, and they thought they were, there was some level of injustice. And the teacher, the parent would come to school and try to curse the, the, the teacher out. 
And often they would, you know, go back to the child and say, you know, you are responsible for this. And the child would be like, well, because you set this up. You told your parents something which wasn't true. You lied to your parents. Right. And and this is the situation that we see here. Is that mm-hmm. they told, I guess they didn't realize the, the manifestation of what their lies would be. Right? And this is where it culminated. But we we know precisely that this is this is this is just part of the whole setup, right? Because Harry has been constantly abused. She hits him on the foot with uh, with a walking stick. She sets a dog on Harry. I mean, it's just it is it is. I mean, this is the kind of abuse that people will go to jail for. Like there is no no question about it. Mm-hmm. Like any level of documentation of any part of this situation. You, this child will be taken away from because this isn't, this is not like you're on drugs that you just, this is, this is not neglect. This is calculated torture. Oh, yeah. You, it's premeditated. It's premeditated. You are intending to inflict harm onto this child. And this child is only 13. And right. I think one of the interesting things here is now is that he now has become aware and waiting for his birthday and he forgets his own birthday right he forgets that this is happening and he is every time he goes there there is this sense that harry realizes how insignificant he is and the magical world almost becomes a dream fantasy mm-hmm. that for however long he's there in the real world it is just absolute torture like he just cannot think and in some respect, we, we would have to hold this in our mind and think about this in terms of how Voldemort is um, in his own when he goes back to the orphanage for the summertime. But somehow I think Voldemort is able to equip himself better than Harry can. Um, because I assure you, nobody at that orphanage was harassing Voldemort at all. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Was what, what running he was running long. shit. <laughs> but I think, I think what you raise a really good point because you know what you what we see is Harry is trying like crazy to rein himself in. Um, he figures, you know, he's made this bargain with Uncle Vernon that he will behave him that he will not let Uncle Mar Uncle Aunt Marge get under his skin if he agrees to sign the form. So he keeps telling himself whenever he can feel his temper getting more and more. I've got to, I've got to remember Hogsmeade, Hogsmeade, I've got to remember Hogsmeade. And, but it is really, it's almost like that magic that would happen before he knew he was magical. Mm -hmm. It is totally out of his control. And, um, you know, she's just, she's got to go. Let's, let's talk about exactly what happens when Harry loses control, because this, I never noticed before fully. Like, yes, they're sitting there, they're all talking, and she's being, you know, especially abusive, and she's telling him that he's skinny and, you know, and talks, she's always talking about her dogs, and, you know, you'll have that with litters, and you'll get a runt, and if there's something wrong with the bitch, then something's going to be wrong with the pups. Well, there's a moment... Even worse than that, because Reels and I talked about that earlier in the week, but even worse than that, right before Harry, like, loses control and she blows up, I never realized before she essentially says, why don't you kill him? 
she says, oh, <laughs> she says, you know, that she had a bad pop in a litter. Oh, yeah. She tells, she tells them that she had this man go drown him, yeah. drown the dog. And I was like, wait a minute, what? Because in the context of this conversation, it was kill him, just kill him. You know, she just got done saying how he's not going to grow up to be a rightful big man because, you know, Dutters is going to have, you know, mm-hmm. the, the characteristics of what she views as a man. And uh, Uncle Vernon is a big man and Harry will never be that. And, you know, she talks about how these dogs, if if you know, get rid of the runt, get rid of the runt, and Harry's the runt, and I'm just like, she legit just said, why don't you go kill him, she dogged his parents, and, you know, oh, I imagine, she, she, and remember, she says that she would have never taken him in, Mm -hmm. she would have, he would have, she would have put him in an orphanage, she tells him how ungrateful he is, and that he has become nothing but a burden on her, and yeah, she essentially is saying, just kill him, just kill him. I well, saying get rid of him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, right before he gets angry, immediately before when she is talking about that, she says, "I had Colonel whoever it was drown." Well, I think his name is. I'm, I'm drown the dog. Yeah. And that's when he, you know, really just loses it. Loses it. Yeah. And I was I just think- like, again, this is a children's book. <laughs> is it? <laughs> and, and I and I think it Colonel was, you Fops, know, Fopster. Colonel Fopster, yeah. yeah. And I think I think you know, and then he, he gets he, he his anger fuels his departure. I mean, he 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 packs up his stuff, he hauls his stuff out of there, and he's like, and they're he's telling him, you better come back and make her right. And he's like, I'm out of here. She deserved it. I'm out of here. And then as he slowly gets away, he begins to think, oh, my God, what's going to happen to me? You know, surely the Ministry of Magic, if they came after me for, you know, what happened last year, can I be on the run? What what can I possibly do? Right. What is this going to look like? If he's making plans, he's like, I'm going to go get my gold out of the vault. I'll just go into right. I'll just go go into my world of hiding and go on the run. (laughs) Uh, See, this this begins my path to the rage that I'm feeling because in this instance, you have to imagine that Harry has been consistently abused by these people. All the time, mm-hmm. but this was on something else because they they just avoid most of what they were doing was psychological in terms of they just neglected him. Yeah, like they just pretended he didn't take up space. Like you are not present. We will ignore you. You will you will be spoken to when we want you to do something, etc. Particularly now, there was a sort of an understanding. They were vicious. This is not just that they they were somehow better at the situation. You know, Harry has accepted this is who these people really are. Because I cannot imagine a child growing up under these circumstances. Like, it, it is just, it is heinous. It is a, a, a war crime in my mind. Well, you know, I think, I think it got worse because um, I think they are, you know, because now Harry has, and he has something else. He has a family at Hogwarts. 
they, he is no longer um, just a, the poor thing that they can just kick, you know, when he's down. They recognize that he has allies, that he has well, some other folks. But well, even like, that, no, they didn't actually, because remember, Dobby took the things last year. Like because right. um, that was um, he took Doug the things D- last year, but he still he still went back. Well, no, I, I don't mean that. in that sense. I don't mean in that sense. Remember what they were saying in, in the sense that Dudley, um, Dobby stole the letters last year. Right. He that stole the, one the, the birthday cards. The birthday mm-hmm. cards. So that's what Dobby said. That's what Dudley said to him. That even at right. your school, no one likes you. Right. You know what I mean? That right. I know. So there was this vicious play. So this is basically his second. This is his second time coming back. And of course. Right. Uncle Vernon says, all of this crap that you coming from your school, we're going to lock mm-hmm. this mess up. Like, you right. can't do anything. We don't care about your homework or anything of that nature. But, so, I, I mean, no, I think for me, I'm, I'm not, for me, that what is most problematic is not necessarily their treatment towards him. It's that he now is feeling that there is a better world out there. But every yeah. year, I must come back here. Right. Well, in, in this place. Well, Auntie Marge was treating him so bad that even the Dursleys attempted to protect him on some level by trying to right. remove him well, from the room. And she's like, him. "Oh they no, no, no!" They're trying to protect her because they they knew because they know that he can blow up. He broke the glass. But, right, broke and the they glass. knew that they knew he broke the glass. They she didn't, didn't know. Glass. She didn't, she didn't know. know. She didn't know, but they knew he broke that glass. And, you know, he even said to himself, I lost control. Yeah. Like, oh, crap. Like, uh uh-oh, I lost control. What's Mm -hmm. funny about this whole situation is that we're in so many classrooms in Hogwarts. They don't teach control. That is the one thing that never comes up in class. Control. No. Yeah, magic. And which is is precisely why. That's supposed to be what it is. Exactly. Why they went to Hogwarts. Why they didn't. There is no early (laughs) magical education. But, but you see again, um, Roland is doing that thing again, right? Where she is describing horsey face, Petunia, Pig Dudley, you mm-hmm. know, walrus thing, you know, mm-hmm. Aunt March, she lets it, she has a mustache, you know what I mean? She's a big woman and she allowed her to, that this woman, you know, here is a woman who can break, I mean, breaking a glass, holding it. <laughs> and she's just like, oh no. She's I like, I just got a, I got a big, I got a firm grip. You know? <laughs> I did that, last girl. That ain't nothing. And I was right, just like, right, like, wow, like, like, you know, I saw an essay years ago in, in a book about how they felt that it's the Tory versus the Labour movement, whatever. However, England conservative liberals businesses mm-hmm. they. That the Dursleys are supposed to represent Margaret Thatcher era. That these are the people who were staunch Margaret Thatcher people who were all about depriving the poor, you know, the hated layabouts. This is who they all were. But here were these people who were somewhat, yet they, they spoke about all of this goodness and benefit. Because one of the things Vernon is always going on about his job, right? right. And let me just say, probably didn't mention this, but last year in book two when that whole scene at the dinner and they all came mm-hmm. in let me tell you something i thought that was the most hilarious shit ever that here oh, they yes. were trying to clean the whole house up and trying to be this 
Beth, me with Dudley in the boat tie and all this mess. And there it is. And all rushes into the house. And the man is like, what the fuck y'all doing here? What kind of shit is this? You know, my wife hates bird. And then I was like, but... <laughs> I will not think about any all being that shady creature that he is. Drop the letter right in her head. I was just, uh-huh. I was like, y'all are messy. But, you know, this, this scene, you know, the losing control and whatever it is to be. It, it was when I became angry because I was like, adult knew this shit was happening. People in the magical world are well aware this shit is happening. And this child, as much as like Harry, this like, he, no man should have to be exposed to this kind of behavior at any point, at any right. point. That these people knew that they lie about her being killed, whatever was on, but they continued this lie like, oh, he didn't have a job. Like, there was, I mean, like, it's like one of those things like, wait, what do you expect when you are racist, when you allow racism to, to, to thrive? The, the, the end course is going to be that they're going to think about killing these people that you are racist against, right? So it's like the Dursleys are here, like, y'all are going on about how Harry parents are disgusting and laying about him, whatever the case may be. He's this, what else do you think Aunt Marge is going to suggest? That he be right. killed and be weak and he's. You know, like he, there's not, he's not contributing he's suffering, to the. He's human. He, well, when you, you know, start, when you're demeaning people and dehumanizing them, and you've got Aunt Margie immediately comparing him to a dog or to an animal, so you totally dehumanize him. So if you don't have any qualms because, you know, he's not another human being like you are. So you don't have any qualms about getting rid of him because he's not, he's not of the ilk that you are. And I think that that's one of the things that you see played out when Harry goes back to the Dursleys. And but they, I still think that because they don't know what he could do, that they and, and when they see that glass being broken, they are they are a little leery. I that, think it's fear. Yeah, that they are fearful. Right. There, there is that fair component, and I think that's where that's why they were trying to stop her from talking at this point. Just like, right. girl, like, yeah. Um, uh huh. Mm. Right. Like, well, Harry going upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna hit you. And, Shit. And like, what are we gonna nah, do? <laughs> nah, we gonna get this. Uh-huh. But, but but you know the thing is just that, I'm like y'all are beating up on a child. It's not yeah. like Harry came there at twelve, but he could be like he's a fully grown human. Being it, no. if that's what you want to assume, or whatever the case may be, he came there as a baby, he came in a basket, yeah. he came there in a basket, right? And I do and it still didn't, it still didn't generate any compassion. Oh my god, it's it's um, there is a there is a scene in um, I really don't know whether she took this from Oliver Twist, but this is such a the 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 the, the analogies are the parallels to Oliver Twist, I mean, are, is very close because in the beginning when Oliver is being described in the situation he's in, it's this kind of situation about like the infant mortality rate at the workhouse he's put in is like eight and a half or the 10 of the children die, quote unquote, mysteriously, dropping a fire, they're smothered and no one looks into this situation. And basically right. they're like that she survived the situation is remarkable in and of itself and I think you're having the same thing because one of the things that Rowland points out is that Harry is not ordinary and it's the implication about the magical element but that is the thing that runs throughout the novel right that the the thing is that 
when Harry does something, everyone is taken aback that you're doing this. Like you are such an unusual person. It's somehow this is sent him apart from everyone else. But let me tell you something. Um, there's a, there's a special place in hell for the Aunt Marge of this world and the Dursley. Oh yes, every one of oh, them, yes. including Dudley. I mean, I agree. There is no one, no one deserves this kind of thing. And let me tell you something. Harry just blow up like a balloon, but let me tell you something. I would have punched that bitch right there. <laughs> <laughs> I would. He's so mad about it. Yeah. He's, the other thing too. That you know what? You should be like everyone should be, but we kind yeah. of miss this a lot of the times. But Harry is small. He is small, yeah. and uh, he is he doesn't look his age. No. Although, and he he has he has he has uh, filled out a little bit more. Because he, he had normal, bit. he grew a little bit more, and he's filled out a little bit more because he had he had actual meals, he had food, yeah, <laughs> at school um, that he hadn't had before. Um, but I, one of the things though, but but about Harry's escape is it introduces probably one of the most interesting of the um, magical artifacts, as you if you could call it that, and that's the night bus. The night bus. Oh. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I, I kind of love Stan. <laughs> I love Stan. I love Stan and Earn. You know, you know so as I was reading the book, I was doing the calculation in my head, like, where did, uh, but I don't know where Perfect Drive is, actually, to be like, oh, quickly, I'll get into London? Like, what kind of <laughs> bus this is? But you see, it's things like this that really annoys me about magical world not knowing how the real world works because y'all have a bloody triple decker bus <laughs> there is no reason for y'all to be running around here in but it is explained in remember harry says how come the muggles don't see you you know don't no, say no, anything no. about this well that's not what i mean i mean in terms of you know it's very clear that the magical world is taking elements from the real world, okay? A car yeah. doesn't exist within, because we had this issue, it's funny, because we, this issue came up in the second book, right? A right. flying car, a car, right. right? Like, why do you all even have a car? Like, you don't necessarily need a car to travel around. Right. I mean, apparently, you know, flying without an well, instrument I, is an issue. They, they but, have them to make them look normal. But, but the bus, you can't see the bus. The, the, the uh, muggles can't see can't it. They can't see things that are abnormal because they don't want to. But well, when they have, when the wizarding world has to blend in with society, then they have cars. Like, I mean, we know that the Ministry of Magic provided cars to the cars Weasley. To, to the Weasley to take but them to King's Cross. The cars do operate magically. The cars do the same thing like the bus. <laughs> Right. Well, they can't run around on birds. <laughs> right. Well, uh, right. Which is again one of those things. Like, okay, I, I, I don't get how y'all can't. I don't mind it. It but, doesn't matter. Yeah. But it's things like this. I'm like, okay, I can accept the magical bus. I can accept the magical car. What I cannot accept is how y'all are ignorant of the non-magical world. To put on some clothes. Like, <laughs> particularly, like hey. to put on some clothes. My boy said he just like a little air around his He wants three balls. So, you know. He just, he had like, I don't want to put that on. And I wear pants, damn it. So, I, I don't want to. I think no. I know what it is. I just don't want to. But I think one of the interesting um, pieces here is after 
the um, you know, Harry's busy trying. He first he disguises himself as Neville, which I think is a little foreshadowing. Um, that annoying says, to me. I'm like, he says I'm I'm Neville. I'm ne- my name is Neville because he's afraid he's gonna be on the you know uh, like a criminal um, for having blown up Aunt Marge. Well, and but who doesn't they, know the name Harry Potter? He's not gonna say I'm exactly. Harry Potter. He knows if I say Harry Potter, everything stops. You know. And uh, so he finds out a little bit more about Sirius Black. Um, Sirius, it had been on the Muggle News, but he now that he's finding the real deal because he's talking to another wizard, um, and he finds out some more about Sirius Black and that he's, you know, who he is, this escaped convict. He was tied to Voldemort. And um, when, when Harry says Voldemort and stand, I mean, uh, yeah, stand like, like the news <laughs> is mine. <laughs> so what you do that for? <laughs> and my heart was just you know that that was so funny, but um, so you you in this this crazy bus, and it's just zigzagging all through the countryside, and all you know the the buildings are are, are trying to get out the way, and the lamp posts and everything and is trying to get out the way. Like warp speed. Exactly. That's what I was trying to do the calculation for. Um, no, there's no five. calculating that. There's no calculation. They just got there. Exactly. <laughs> and so when they get there, and then Cornelius Fudge is there, and he blows the the cover, and you know, and uh, of course, um, Stan is like, "Why didn't you tell us you were, you know, that you were Harry Potter?" <laughs> but um, I thought so, I recognized that scar. <laughs> right. Right. But Cornelius Fudge is like irritated. I gotta get this boy off the street. So they rush him into the leaky cauldron, and um, you know Harry is like waiting for the other shoe to drop because yeah. surely Cornelius Fudge is waiting for him to punish him. And um, Cornelius Fudge immediately starts, you know, la di da, and we're taking care of everything. So, but don't worry about it. So, we, but we're not gonna send you back there. So that wouldn't be a good idea. So. You're just gonna stay here for a f- couple of weeks. So to the end of school, you're ready to go back to Hogwarts. Again, someone thinks, "Oh my gosh, this time, Harry, we're gonna be in so much trouble. We're gonna get expelled, or I'm gonna get expelled." It's there's no trouble. Again, there's no trouble. Right. Well, there's right. always something bigger going on, right? Because I mean, exactly. Like, you can't have you, you you can't have Harry Potter running around the street when you believe a maniac is about to kill him, right? It's going because I'm looking for him. Someone, a place that no one can escape from, the unescapable prison, this prisoner has escaped. And so you know that if he has done that, he can do anything. And mm-hmm. you're going to have all you can do to keep this kid safe. Right. So, and let's try not to tell him that as well. Right. We don't, we're not going <laughs> to tell him. <laughs> we're not going to tell him. And we're just going to do all these crazy things. Not thinking that we've obviously all of us have failed adolescence 101 because as soon as you try to keep something from a teenager, they are their antenna goes up. That's and right. they're not going to stop until they figure this thing out. But this is so, a part that really annoys me also. Is that <laughs> why are you keeping this information from this child? Like, well, because why they are you doing it's a this? child that can't handle this information. But I am sorry. That's so, right. But Again, so he's supposed to meet up in serious black up with a bum upon him and be like, Yeah, we gon' we ain't gonna do shit about it. like to me it, it's one of those things that's that's part of why my anger was building. It's like this is one of the things that I, that you can you can understand why he's somewhat upset and frustrated. Just 
these are big, complicated secrets. These are big issues. Yes. That you have yes. just not, you have told him nothing. Just well, I think, that, nothing. I think that's natural, though. The bigger the problem is, the less you want a child but, to know about it. And the adults right. always think that they can protect the child. But I think that's, they can't. Right. They can't, I think that's can't. the natural thinking pattern of an adult. Except for Mr. Weasley, who who says who wants him to know with his wife about it, and he's it, you know he's obviously been given his marching orders from the ministry. Don't tell this boy anything, and mm-hmm. he's like, no, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. I know how he and Ron are. They get into all kinds of stuff, and they would think nothing about putting themselves out there, not realizing that this man, if they don't realize this man is out to kill him. Right. So he he does take it on himself to tell him the truth. But Harry, not knowing Harry had overheard the argument. And, and so the argument he that had he a little hears time to process it. Yeah. The argument that he hears is typical of, you know, a mother father conversation. I mean, mm-hmm. it's listen, they're not babies anymore. You know, you got to let them in. You got to let them know what's going on. And the mom is like, no, 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 I got to protect my baby. I mean, that's typical. Mm-hmm. That's right. typical. And, and I think Mr. Weasley, Mrs. Weasley has a double dose of it because she's, when she's got, you know, she feels like Harry's been neglected all this time. He hasn't had anybody to right. really mother him. And so she kind of goes overboard, making sure that he gets the full dose of it, even when she's kind of, you know, matter of fact with her own kids. But, um, she definitely pours it on and doesn't want him want him to know. And that extends through further books. So, yeah. you know, you can yeah. see that. Um, but but Arthur is like, no. And he does. He does tell him, even though and Harry admits, I heard you guys talking about it. I'm not going to do anything crazy. But even Weasley doesn't tell him the whole story. Even Arthur well, doesn't. Tell but him Arthur the doesn't get story. to tell him the whole story, you know. He's right. about to tell him the whole story. But, but then the train is leaving. The train is leaving. But this is the thing that sort of annoys me with this. It, it's like, it's like, I, it's like, I don't know who should run. And I guess we got to blame Dumbledore at some point, whatever the case may be. But I'm just like, this is just all kind of recklessness. Because here, oh, is, yeah. the, here is the thing that is annoying for me and also to Harry, trust me, is that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Except him, right? Because we find out later that that Malfoy knows. Malfoy right. knows, and to a certain extent, Ron knows part of this story too, because Ron describes that his father tells him what came back of Peter Pettigrew. You right. know, seriously, and I'm just like. But I think the piece that Ron knows is like wizard folklore, or not even folklore, just like common wizarding knowledge, because this was also a piece of Voldemort's downfall, right? So I think that's why Harry knows, or or Ron knows. I don't think Ron necessarily knows something that he's keeping from Harry. He knows something that he doesn't know that he should say anything about. But remember, Ron doesn't know, Ron doesn't know that Sirius Black has escaped to necessarily hunt Harry. He doesn't right. notice, and, and right. Harry. Can't but what him. I'm saying is, I think the pieces that Ron does know, he doesn't realize are significant enough to talk about it. Because when he does, he he it clicks. And you know, Ron's character also is that do 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 do. So he can get a you know he gets away with that with us seeing it that way. I didn't I didn't find that weird at all that Ron didn't really say anything. That no, seemed. No, no. 
right to me. That's not what I mean. I mean, like, that I understand. Like, you know, you're right. Rana is, like, absent-minded. But I meant in terms of, like, this alleged secret that they're trying to keep from Harry. Everyone is aware of part of the secret. Everyone understands the secret. Parents would have been talking about it, about Sirius Black when he escaped. Because the, the reason why he's Sirius Black is in Azkaban wasn't a secret. Pussy. Right. Do they like, right. oh, um, you know, like, not many people know. I mean, like... Well, it could also don't... be, you know, because everybody knows, it could also be that assumption, well, I thought you knew. Like, why wouldn't you know that? You're a wizard, too. I mean, we don't ever get the answer to that one way or the no. other, except from the adults. No. We know that the adults are trying to... Um, we know that the adults are trying to protect him, but even when Malfoy says, if it were me, I'd be going after him. Now, I think in that aspect, we can, I think it's safe to assume that, you know, of course Malfoy would know a little bit more given who his family is and things that happen like on the quote unquote dark side. Right. But other people who just know the story would think everybody knows the story. I just never felt like it was a one of his peers that wasn't telling him something. Well, I just no, I, probably figured, well, why wouldn't you know? We all know this part of it. Why don't you know that Sirius is the one that portrayed your parents? Like, Because really, why wouldn't he know? I no, mean, no, no. everyone has kept it. Sorry, let me, let, me, let me make it. I see what you're saying, and you're right. I'm not talking about the children saying this. I am saying that is even part of, part of the even further frustration for him and for me is that this is something everyone is aware of and this is like common information. But yet adults just see fit to not tell him this secret, to tell him this information. Because yes, it might be that they think he's going to run off and go attack whatever the case may be. But how else is he supposed to react to the situation when he's finding out about the situation in bits and pieces? I think the adults... The adults probably think that they'll, by the time Harry finds out, that they will have it under control. I think that's typical of how adults behave. I really do. I'm I really, really here, do. I'm sitting here trying to figure how you all expect these dementors to catch Sirius Black when they let him get away in the first place. Like, tell me. Well, Explain that's that what somebody me. else, somebody raised that question. I forget who, which character it was, and said mm-hmm. he got away from him before. Well, Harry himself um, actually raised it. But yeah, Harry, Harry yeah. raised it with Lupin. He's like, but he got out of there, right? They're not supposed to get out. And right. Harry does a piece of interest in magical theory, but I think in many ways, I almost feel like she kind of, this book was kind of hurried on, that she didn't get all of the plot points. The plot points, okay, but not the magical theory. Because Azkaban, I guess we could explain this and say, you know, whatever. But Azkaban is supposed to drain wizards of their powers. But this but doesn't happen to anyone. No, we find, we find out why that just happened. Serious, yeah, serious, serious would. No, 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 no. I'm not even talking about serious. I'm talking about the others who've been in Azkaban. Everybody who's got out of Azkaban came back strong and hulking and do some real damage. Nobody came but, out like. But I, but but didn't at some point we we find that the 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 um dementors had been um had been compromised. Yes. Well, we I guess the question how there's always been compromised, but that right, just goes to right. So so to me the prison never worked. Like, you know, because Dumbledore, we know, has strongly been advising him for years that the Dementors should never be the prisoners at Azkaban, should never right. be the guards right. at Azkaban. They should never right. be in charge. But um, 
thing. I'm still trying to figure out how Cornelius Fudge is having these conversations with these Dementors. Oh, they're seriously up. I'm just like, boo. How are y'all communicating? I need some answers. I'm just pointing it out there. Someone, someone out in the, in the part of work can explain that. Like, I do not understand why Cornelius talking He sends a Dementor owl or something. I mean, even later when he, they go, they go get the Dementors to give him the kiss. And it's like, how do you tell, you know, what are you telling them? You exactly. know? And, I'm, and I, I don't, I don't, you know, Deb, I know you're going to pick this up at some point, but let me just say again, every single week we keep reading Hogwarts is not safe at all. And let me just go uh, again and say that Quidditch absolutely. is that they need some some, some ministry <laughs> somebody needs to come into this shit because people Harry near every year Harry's nearly dying. Like I don't I, I do not understand how this is a thing. Like but, but even you know who, remember who are the officials? Who are the officials? Like <laughs> what is Dumbledore did not want those dementors there. He did not want them there and the compromise with the ministry was that they weren't supposed to come onto the grounds. Right. They weren't supposed to come onto the grounds. They were supposed to be guarding around but even that we we do have to talk about even before they they we get to the school that whole episode on the train because that's the first time we realize that harry has a different relationship as it were to the dementors than other people have even though other people feel the dementors um they make them feel bad they make them feel you know awful harry has a particular um, response to the Dementors that makes him particularly vulnerable, that deep-seated trauma, you know, when he's hearing his mother being murdered. But both of them, actually. <laughs> both of them. But it, but it's, it's his mother's cry that he keeps hearing whenever the Dementors get close is a, is a symptom of deep-seated trauma that has, that has not been allowed. You know, nobody has done any, 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 um, uh, therapy with Harry. Girl, I'm sorry. sorry. You're a girl. Listen to me. Uh, Janina and I talk about this. <laughs> the magical world has absolutely, absolutely no recommendation, no remedy, nothing when someone chocolate. comes with mental issues. Chocolate. Chocolate. Doesn't chocolate make everything better? <laughs> the fact that you just pointed out, that's, that's, that's even more annoying because I didn't even think of it that way. But oh, yeah. I mean, there is so much going on in this magical world about trauma, about people yes. dealing with trauma in this particular book. And that is what mostly yes. enraged me because I'm just like, people are dealing with so much issues and they don't do, nothing is being done. And again, yeah. just a little side note, I don't understand why Remus is wearing raggedy clothes. Remus, I don't get this. I like you, boo. Why are you wearing raggedy clothes? You have a magic stake. I feel like, I know, but I feel like he probably at this stage in his life, and I've this is I've considered this too, and this is the answer that I've decided. You know, it, would, it's not based in anything. I won't accept. It. I know what you're going to say. I won't accept. I, just, it. Go ahead. I feel like you know, once a month when he was transforming, he just ruined everything, and he's like, "Yeah, screw yeah. it." Yeah, I think he was. I think when his club, when he was transforming and and damaging, he probably damaged so many clothes. When yeah, that he just didn't care anymore. And, and also, he said, you know, he has a hard time keeping the job. Um, so it's not like he has a lot of gold to, right. um, 
to doing I, to be able I, to I, replace these things. I don't need gold to fix clothes. <laughs> I don't. I, li- I literally well, can't do magic. Talking? I mean, Ron couldn't make them dress robes any better. It's Ron. Ron can't even make a teacup <laughs> turn into a saucer. Like, it's Ron. <laughs> The first time we meet Lupin, even, you know, when Lupin is, is sleeping and um, when Harry is trying to tell, you know, tell them what, what he's discovered about Sirius Black and, and what's going on. And, um, you know, he's, he's putting, telling, taking them into his confidence before they are rudely interrupted by the Dementor. Um, and then we see Lupin, who then springs into action, and he he looked like he was in tough shape, but he is able to hold his own, so to speak. We see him as a force, um, someone who is who is able to protect them, um, who is able to use some power to deal with the threat that comes onto the train. And so we get that first glimpse of him. Of course, then we later, you know, we learn more about his whole story. So, but when they get back to school, when they do get to school, we have this whole different atmosphere. Then, you know, before it's the, you know, here we are, it's the feast. Even when they had the the, the episode with the flying car in the previous book, um, you know, they're there, they're eating sandwiches. McGonagall is, you know, angry, but, you know, she's giving them another chance. But everything is just so dark because the the mentors create that atmosphere, even though they are on they're outside the grounds of the school. Mm-hmm. And Ron, I, I think it's Ron when Harry's like, well, didn't you pass out? You know, and he's like, no, mm-hmm. but I just felt like I was never going to be happy again. You know, and we right. learn later why um, some people react differently. And yeah. it makes sense. But at the time, of course, you just think like, oh, God, Harry, here we go again. You know, like you, you always get the worst of the worst, it seems like. Um, but, but you know what? That, I, that annoyed me so much, though, because I'm like the explanation that, you know, that he Lupin initially says, well, you fear fear yourself. Right. Because yeah. Lupin initially thought like when did when he meets the ball guy, he's just like, God, it's going to be Voldemort. Go- He's going to bring up Voldemort, forgive me for cursing. He's going, I mean, like, seriously, that's going to be a problem. But the interesting <laughs> thing about, um, eventually, I don't, I don't know if we've ever considered this, that what we would soon realize later on is that this is not Harry's memory at all. Though he is, so technically, this is not his memory. Of course but, it is. Why do you say no, it's not his memory? Because he's too young to have these kind of, like, very detailed information about what happens at the situation. It's not his memory at all. Hmm. No, no he's, I don't believe he, that. No, we get this in book seven. It's not his memory. It's not his memory. It's actually. He's not hearing Lily screaming. No, no, no. He's hearing all of these things, but technically, this is not his memory of the situation. He doesn't remember. No, it. no, he doesn't. All he knows is is. Well, what he's what he's hearing is what they they know that they have latched on that's in his past. Like he he has different he has things that have happened in to his him. past he, to him that they're able to latch on to. No, no. What I mean is that this memory of him remembering his parents, 
um, death and everything is not his memory. It cannot be his memory. First of all, he's too young to have this other vivid memory. And secondly, we get this in book seven, is that it's actually Voldemort's memory. That is the Oh, okay. 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 But that still works. But, but, but I mean, at the end of the day, he still is having the conscious realization right. of right. what is happening. Right. And that, I think, is even more traumatic for me. I mean, it increases the trauma because he gets the details, like right. great details. And also he gets the thought process of whoever, you know, Voldemort's thought process. But because to right. me, when I read this initially, I was just like, how old were you again? Like, to me, it seemed as if the age of Harry at that time. I didn't even question it. I just, I took it as a, something that was deeply, in you know, in the subconscious. That's exactly how I took it. I never questioned it. And I really, st- I mean, it, it makes sense either way to me that, you know, so this then, this could be something that is in his subconscious. Um, but also this would then, because I totally forgot that we learned that in book seven, but that just goes to show, you know, more of the foreshadowing aspect of the connection between, between Harry and Voldemort. Yeah, the that's why I said it I understood. Too. The light that <laughs> I, I accepted the flash of light that he kept mm-hmm. saying he remembers. Yeah. And probably like a motorbike and just like flying and whatever, mm-hmm. that sensation, those things I was just like, hmm, I can accept that. And right. just, you know, but this part of just like, how old are you again? Like, let me see. They keep saying, you came in a basket. They keep calling you a toddler. Like, initially I thought they brought like a newborn baby to you, but I realized you were less like one and a half or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, not to get, you know, in the plot, far to head in the plot, but this, I think, is this is this this for me adds even more trauma to this poor kid mm-hmm. right. in this sense because right. I mean no one should have to do this and and see this and feel this that you're literally witnessing in mm-hmm. vivid detail a triple homicide. Yeah, right. That that, and, that and to me. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right, and I think even even with the idea, because he's got that piece of Voldemort inside of him, that that still works, that he that he can have that, that, that can, he can access that memory. Because remember, there are other aspects of what Voldemort does that he accesses as well, which we'll see more in the, in the next oh, book. Next book. But the mm-hmm. thing about it, is, and sometimes he's not just even accessing memory. He's accessing the event as it is happening. Yeah. Right, um, right. And again, for me, this is Harry is recounting his parents' death. Does Harry need to talk to somebody? No, here's a piece of chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No part of this is okay. Like no, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. (laughs) And you know, I've read and and, uh, I remember that was like twenty reading this book, and I was just like, uh, what? Yeah, because I kept thinking, you know, at some point in the book, right, they're going to tell me this is a joke. Like he, this is some made up thing that he's having this fantasy, basically. This is a fantastical imagination of what is happening to his parents, right? Because it is on the time that he would project something is happening, right? Because he has enough information in 
actually hearing people giving him information about sure so maybe he's just like filling in the gaps with like a made-up memory right that that is what is happening right because we sort of imagine this scenario in some ways right but what was troubling for me was that it somehow it was i got the impression i don't know why and i maybe made up that his parents fought dumbledore voldemort Mm-hmm. And then it just happened that she just ran into the bedroom. And again, magic is becoming an appliance. Like, magic is not instinctual for these people. <laughs> you know what I mean? So this is where, again, the magical theory, that in a situation like that in the beginning, where you, in the beginning of the books, where you see Harry using magic instinctually, right? Particularly in moments of vulnerability and lashing out in danger in situation, that when faces the most villainous <clears throat> which there was, that these people can't do nothing. They can't conjure mm-hmm. a wall. They can't do anything without the yeah. stick. Like what? Like what is this? This is such. This is such a. This is the. This is the problematic thing for me. The, the, the cop out answer that the magic that um, Dumbledore speaks of in the first book is supposedly happening. Happen here, where that Lily. By laying down her life for him, that she cast some kind of protection or whatever. I'm just like, she couldn't pass the protection for she. Like, like what is this? Like, like this is too, this is too much. I guess this is this works for children literature, but mm-hmm. so we are going up and down now. Sometimes we're dealing with adult take concepts here. I, clearly, this is adult because this kind of trauma is not for children. Like, children can't handle this trauma. And clearly, when children talk about this book. They're talking about the adventure part, you know, like, yeah, exactly. Harry Beast. But, exactly. you know, any adult reading this book is just like, hold up, hold up. Mm-hmm. These people need to talk to somebody. Like, everybody needs to talk to somebody. And this is something we're well, going to Well, that's on. part of the beauty of this series. Hmm? What's that? A child, it, it's part of the beauty of the series, and it, it speaks to how well um, and how universal it is, because you know, you and I are not going to read it the same as a 12 year old. Um, I don't read it the same as a 42 year old as I did a 20 something. So I think that's a a huge testament to how strong the story is. I I mean, I, I, sorry. (laughs) I was going to say that it's the layering. Right. Uh, that, that, that I think is what is happening here. It is how she layers the work. That in many ways... Uh, so I guess in many ways people can access the layers they want to access. But if you access the whole thing, the whole, all of the layers, you're going to run into the problem issues that we're running into now. Because... I mean, I well, guess sure. we're say, all going to relate on a different level. But but right. I think we're all going to say that Harry is coping. But my point, I I think Harry is not coping. He's not coping. No, he's, he's not. not but a child isn't going to. A child's not going to grasp that. A child reading this book is going to, like you said, focus on the adventure. And when the bad things happen, they're going to be like, ooh, that's kind of scary. And they're going to move on. They're not going to think about why this happened. They're not not on the level that we're discussing it. That's never going to happen. Their little brains aren't even developed enough to take it there. So it's pretty amazing 
that, you know, we can still be entertained and have a discussion at such a deep level on the same story that a child is going to read and go, ooh, that was fun. Right. I think it's, it's, it's sort of like when the, when I've read it the first time and uh, we're introduced to the Marauders and, and we're introduced to the Marauders map Ooh. and you begin to see the the aspects of um, uh, Harry's father's friendships with Lupin, with Sirius and with um, Peter Pettigrew. And you realize, oh, this is just like Ron and Hermione and and uh, and Harry, but it really is something darker in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. And part of that is because of Lupin, and the way that they have the the solution that they came up with to be able to stay his friend and to keep him from being lonely when he transformed. And you know, that's another one of those areas of Dumbledore. But, but, but actually, um. T- Technically, they're not keeping him company he will be lonely. They're keeping him out of danger because remember they're keeping wolf, him out of danger because the wolf being potion is just recently invented. Right, and he they had no way he had no safe way to be during that time period, and they had to be big enough that they could restrain him. Yeah, that they could be you know that he would not that he could not overcome them. So they had to choose you know, and that was kind of advanced magic for them, even though they were slightly older than Harry and, and Ron and like, Hermione. Guess, actually, it took them a while to be able to perfect that in order why. to transform. And guess who's not curious about doing advanced magic? Harry Potter and Ron Weasley. They're not interested in studying that. Like, because all of this is, this is what I keep talking about. Like To function in this world, you clearly mm-hmm. have to be clever. You, but, you um, cannot be mediocre. Harry is a reactor. Ron has not found his own. He's still in the shadow of his of his brothers who have definitely figured out how to use magic. Um, mm-hmm. Not to all, you know, much to the chagrin of all the teachers and other people and Phil. But they found their out. niche. Um, so they have figured out how to use magic beyond what is being the, the two or three things they teach them in those classes. Thank but, you. Thank but, you. But, it's literally two or three things. Two or three things. But Harry, but when you think about it, look, Harry has to have classes with Lupin after class so that he can learn how to manage this threat to himself. Right. Tonight. Just as he, he will only, have classes, private only, lessons with Snape later. He only does it because he wants to play Quidditch. He does not want the Dementors. They've already sma- caused him to smash his broom. He does not want to lose that cup because he falls off his broom. So his his motivation is not that I need to learn. I need to. I just want to be a jock, and I want yeah. my team to win. But he's then like, later yes. he's learned this skill, and it saves multiple exactly. people. But, but exactly. here's the thing. Here's the thing that comes into mind I have this theory I haven't been proven wrong so far but I have this theory that every single defensive magical spell that they know they literally never learned it in a classroom I agree well no e- that's except not true. except for the which isn't a defensive spell anyway but it's basically offensive it's about the um 
the unforgivable curses. Right. But basically, their go-to spells, the Expelliarmus, the Expector Patronum, the Body Mind Curse, the the um, they learn all of that outside of the classroom. Like in, but well, doesn't mind teach them how to do this? And, and I'm just know like, why? But we know why because the Ministry of Magic is got their hand so deep in what they learn that they're not allowed to learn. That only happens in book five. No, previous, I think that happens. No, no, no. Previous I, to that, the school was being run. The school ran independently of the ministry. I don't disagree with that, but I feel like there's this overseeing. The, we don't see a deep hand into Hogwarts until much later, but I feel that there's always been this overseeing of the mm-hmm. Ministry of Magic over Hogwarts. And it's just this thin layer that gets brought up every once in a while, just enough so that you know that it's there. You know, mm-hmm. we hear about it over and over, and it's there. So, you know, the Triwizard Tournament. Why would the ministry of Ma- the minister of magic be the one to come and oversee that if this is truly just a because it's an internet I, I think it's because it, it was an, it's it was an international tournament what Dumbledore it it's, it's Dumbledore but it used to be no it used to be operated differently I think it wasn't necessarily it may have been a tie to the school but, think but I think it was. The thing about all the little things that Draco says and the things that people say about Malfoy, his father, about Lucius, about how, oh, my father's not going to like this. And he's no, the father's the on the superintendent. Magic. The father's one of the. Yeah, uh, it's on the, he's like the, the equivalent of the school board. Right. Yeah, he's on the Who school has board. Deep connections in the Ministry of Magic. So there's all these little, you know, I, I get sequences that. drawn for us. I think it's always there. I, I do. So. I just find it, but but my thing about this is that I just talk about this in a practical manner because my thing is that the things that Harry wanted to do, it's like if I want to go out and save lives, you know, whatever the case may be, I can't be watching YouTube videos to try to figure out how to like do a tricky out of me, you know, like, you know, make oh, a band, you know I what I mean? You can't, <laughs> like, you understand the, thing? The, the ambition that Harry has, and we later find out he wants to be an oral. And he doesn't do anything about this. And this is I, the thing he, that I'm talking about. He doesn't know what an aurora no, is for, no, for down, this, so down the road. Down the road. But I'm just saying, even at that point, because this is, I mean, this is the thing that annoys me. That is that Harry is this kid, right? Downtrodden, beaten, you know, all of this situation. Right. You right. find this niche, this magical world. Because a lot of the, the book is purpose-driven, right? That Harry always has a purpose. Right, like he's never without a purpose in every of the book. Whether he's directly trying to find Voldemort, directly trying to figure out what is this secret mystery voice. And this book, it's it's coming about, you know, trying to um, win the Quidditch Cup, you know, because mm-hmm. this keeps him being somebody in this world. He doesn't say right. this, but you know, he is he is. I think he has to, in many ways, he's trying to live up the live up to the hype. Yes. That is the Harry Potter. That I, don't think it matters. Uh, I don't think it matters why he seeks out to learn the things that he does. It just matters that he learns them. No. Because but, but, when it comes time to use them, he can. Janina, it's the same spell. It is the same. But they're spell. working. 
every but they do, but that is my problem because you know what happens every time he uses like um body buying curse or like um picture um picture totalis the people wake up and come back and harm somebody else it's like i don't understand like, because here's the thing it is very clear at some point that the other side and i think lupin spells this out in some point which i don't want to necessarily get ahead of because it, i'm not even talking about even necessary defensive magic I am talking about like this is finally a place where you are somebody, and this kid is not curious in the very least. And well, you do understand that Harry calls Harry calls human beings mostly... muggles, right? Harry doesn't he... even feel a part of the human world. No, no, he doesn't. But but he the one thing he is curious about is sports, is Quidditch. You remember, that's the greatest gift Hermione could have ever given him was that she sent him that that, that broom, kit, broom care kit. I mean, everything he wants to do is it's, about that. It's, it's, and it causes, it. you know, and remember, you know, he 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 and, 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 and Ron and Hermione, they are thick as they can be until she interferes with that fireboat. And she goes, <laughs> she goes when he gets that firebolt, he the didn't rage. ask where it came from. He didn't the ask rage. any questions. And they just, they they patted it. I like, I've seen guys polishing their cars. She, yep. They patted that thing. They admired it. That they, scene they, pushed they just my rage not. up and another level. She, she went and got McGonagall, and McGonagall took that firebolt, and they turned on that girl. And it was over. For you know them. what? That is exactly how children act. I'm sorry, yes, no. that's how young people act. Yes, exactly. They were early adolescents at that point, and they they had a those guys had a one track mind. This yep. this is going to this is going to have, make us victorious on our team. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I ain't done for this mess. I hear what y'all are saying, but let me tell you something. Then after that girl got nearly got killed. Mm-hmm. Multiple times mm-hmm. to save these. Listen, they forgot about that. They didn't forget about it. They forgot about that. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is the adolescent mind. This is exactly how it works. That's I am. Exactly. Y'all can, y'all can explain that. Y'all can. Y'all could. That may make y'all sleep. You know why we can explain that? And I'm, I'm happy that. I'm happy that y'all are taking that comfort. But I'm sorry. She deserves better. Yes, he she absolutely deserves better. So absolutely. And I'm telling and, you. And, and, and she, in many ways, Hermione almost comes like she's in an abusive relationship. Because these mofos don't apologize. Ron is so vicious and nasty to this little to this girl. Well, they've also got the issue with the with with scabbard, with the with the rat and I'm Crookshank. sorry. Here's another issue I have with this, whatever case it be. They literally tell Crookshank, go for other rats. So what makes this rat special? This is what I don't understand. Like how how are magical animals happening working in this place, right? The, the, there are rats who can sing and dance, and you know, three blind mice could sing, do play the banjo, whatever the case may be in the magical in the shop, right? The, the, he said he said he said they show off. There are literally rats that are running around which supposedly Crookshank could go kill and eat. But why is this one special? Ron to me, he just wanted something. Oh my god, like me and he and that look. <laughs> I was just like, for God, like y'all are nasty. And and to me, mm-hmm. Harry does this thing whenever shit happens. 
Mm, mm, mm. Can't talk anymore. Mm, 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 mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because mm. you don't want to write. Because and this is there was an I was thinking of a song I read somewhere on Twitter. I'm so sorry, whoever you are. I don't remember your handle. I meant to share it, so I'll keep it in mind. But this woman was describing on Twitter that how men, they do not, most men, male relationships are mostly homoerotic. And she was saying that men oftentimes are far more closer and think of another man in terms of how they would relate to this other man and share much more secrets and emotional connection than to their wives and their girlfriends. And not to say that they would seek out wanting to have sex with another man, but it's just like it's just that like they the person that they mm-hmm. think of their 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 bond, their made for life is another right. man. And this is a prime example of this because to me, it's like I, I just do not understand after all of the shit and adventure you people have already gone through for this two and a half years. That y'all shit on this girl every chance y'all get. Y'all call her names. And you know, I mean, like you just got mad because you got mad that Snape embarrassed Hermione because you didn't get to do it. Like right. y'all, do, you, you got mad at Snape a, a, and you all. did the same thing to you do the same thing to her. And here's the thing: they know it all. It's always she actually is right, and is the only one who can function in this world. Like she is the only one who can function in this world. There is no other way. In this Doesn't whole book, that sound familiar? The marginalized person. That's why I said I put down on the as Hermione brought into the twice as good philosophy because yeah. she has made it her business. She because she is not uh, born of mag- of even that one muggle parent, one magical parent, that she is going to prove that she belongs. So she that's why she's got she just sat down with McGonagall and got herself a time turner and so that she can go to double classes and do double work because she figures I mean that was like hit me I this is this was on my most recent reading. I hadn't even picked that up in all the times I had read this book that she exhibits the 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 traits of any marginalized person who thinks they have to be twice as good to get half as much. And half as much might be the response from these guys that are supposed to be her best friends. So she has definitely, yeah, I agree with you totally. She has saved their lives. She has done everything she could have possibly done. You might think, well, what the heck is she getting out of this relationship? She just loves them. Well, she just I think loves them. The one piece seems like of- an abusive relationship. I'm sorry. But the one piece of this relationship that we're not talking about is Ron and Hermione are starting to be attracted to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is, so, uh, and that's always, well, that's always awkward at this age. You mm-hmm. don't know how to yep. people. You don't know how to be nice to them. You don't know how to express these emotions because one, you've never had them before. This is all right. new. And two, this is your friend. Like, what if you screw this up, you know? So all of that is coming into play. But the one thing that Ron doesn't get credit for in this story is he always, and brings it up multiple times, knows that Hermione's hiding something. And yes. he is always questioning. Because he's more attuned to her. Because he knows what's going on with her, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because he cares for her on a different level. 
And right. where have you been? How no. are you? Is it this too much? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, that is exactly mm-hmm. what's no. happening no. here. I he read that completely different. He notices what's going on with her. He is worried for her that she's doing too much. And he wants to know, how the hell are you doing this? How are you doing this? And he mentions it multiple times. How are you going to be here in in here? Did you write this down wrong? Hermione, what's going on? And we hear about how tired she looks and, you know, all of these things. But But of these three people who are supposed to be thick as thieves – only Ron notices. Well, you, you well, know Harry's I have a theory a little that distracted by the, uh, the no, that we never we're not gonna we're not gonna do that. Harry don't give a shit about these friends. He never <laughs> send them a birthday card. No. He never gave them a gift. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. And Ron's birthday technically has to be sometime during school or just after school. It has to be sometime in school time because Ron is older than him, so Ron has to be his birthday has to be somehow. Either just before they go on holidays and whatever. And he's there at home at Privet Drive. They didn't send me a cake. They didn't send me a birthday present. They forgot about me. Most folks, did you send them anything? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing. How is nothing. he going to send something when he's you locked see, up? This, this is, I mean, I guess. It's, but you see, I don't know if I want to treat these people as children, children, when they have so much autonomy and, and independence. Going to an away school, and also ha- Harry. Their children. Their children. I I don't mean like I want to treat them like adults in that sense. I mean like I, I like in the sense that I would expect something more because Harry expects these things from his friends, right? They give him a Christmas present. They do these things. So what I do not understand is how he doesn't express these things <laughs> to them. Hermione. Do we know, know what? We know for sure that Harry doesn't ever give them a gift. Mm. You I'm can trying find to remember. Page. I'm trying maybe, to remember. Maybe something for like, Christmas. Maybe something for Christmas, Christmas yes. but you don't, don't give them a birthday present. And the no. point is made that they send him a birthday present. I think the point is made that they send him a birthday present because mm-hmm. his birthday happens on Privet Drive and no one else acknowledges it. I think that's the significance. But you're, you know, I don't know. I think that's I'm, why I'm just, it's pointed out that he gets something from them. Right. But, 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 but I want to, I also want to, um, to, 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 when we talk about their friendship and we talk about the way they, um, you know, they, they really how Hermione on the one hand wants to keep Harry. She immediately buys into, you cannot do anything that's not going to keep you safe. Remember when, when, um, um, as soon as she hears about Sirius Black and Ron and, and Harry are putting their heads together trying to figure out who can they get to sign the form so he could go to Hogsmeade, Hermione right. immediately wants, no, 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 you should not be leaving the castle, Harry. You yep. should not be. Everything is about keeping Harry safe. And and then even to the point of when she finds out about the map, oh, surely you're not going to keep it. You're going to turn it in. And, you know, everything is about trying to keep to keep Harry safe. But, you know, Harry and Ron are like, mm, no, whatever, I want to do. And I think that that's the natural difference in their maturity yes. that you will see that you will have where yes. girls will mature and but, think about things on a different level than guys at this age. Now, you know, the um, adolescent uh, development says that we, 
you know, the adolescent brain, especially the male brain, does not fully develop until in the early 20s. This is what we've learned from brain research. I'm living with one. Seriously. This is, I didn't, this is not me. This is the brain research. We got, we got all these scans and, and whatnot. Every damn day. There's, there's I, no reason to call, well, call her to husband like that, Janina. There's no reason to do that. <laughs> I'm saying, but, I live with a 12 year old, and one day I feel like he is so mature and is mm-hmm. turning into a young man, and the next day he is a young, young child and behaving right. as such. But no, on many I different think, levels, emotionally, you know, it just, it's just—it's all I, over the place. But you see, this is—I I get all of that, and I am aware of the science, you know. And you know, let, let me let me let me be like a, a, a um a white conservative man. Well, I am a boy too, so you know, like I got experience. <laughs> you know what I mean, like. <clears throat> but you know, like you know that when they say you know, like I got female friends, so you know, therefore. But I say this to say this because. Hermione is not drawing upon like some buying into some sort of propaganda per se in my mind. Hermione is talking about lived experience. They ran out, they ran, they they bypassed school rules and and went and Harry faced Voldemort not once but twice. Yes. Harry could have literally been killed. In fact, he almost died. The battle did poison him. Harry and Ron think of that as okay, we're good. We made we made it through and we're good and we're going to move on and Hermione is going oh my gosh what if right. but, this, but this this child this is, it, I'm, just, I'm just angry at a whole lot of people in this world like just so many people just like pissing me off it's some nonsense like, to me it's just like the, the way they dog out that child after she goes for the broom I'm just like Harry Somebody send you a broom. It's a magical wall. You don't know who's sending. No, 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 nothing. And you're like, let me. He wanted so bad, and he got it. Right. He he has the bloody money to buy this. He has the money to buy this. No, he said he didn't. Remember, he saw this firebolt when he was in um when he was in Diagon Alley before they got there, and he looked at it and he thought he said, "Well, I don't want to empty my uh, my all take all my gold." I just thought that was an exaggeration. Because it said that it cost so much that the price was available upon asking. Now, you know damn well when you see something that says you got to ask how much it is and they're not putting a sticker on it, it's expensive. But but here's the other thing, too. He could have bought another broom. And then when Wood said, he's just like, I don't want something that Malfoy likes. Bitch, what the fuck is wrong with you? Also typical of a child. But Very I'm just like, so. oh my god! Like, I was just like, so. But yeah, let's get on a clean sweep. The shooting star comment, whatever that bag of straw is. Let's get on that. What is already said? You can't keep riding that. You know, there's no way. And we're gonna win anything. Exactly. I'm just yeah. like, some someone send you it. Some mysterious person send you, and I'm just right. like. I'm like, wait, Hogwarts ain't bending the rule this time around to get him a broom? Apparently, McGonagall spent up all the school budget just to get him the Nimbus 2000. <laughs> but all of a sudden, no. Bring him back in. I think it's perfectly legit that um, you got these two diverging points of view in this book. I think you've got Hermione, who feels like we've got to go for the safety 
And if you won't take care of your damn self, I'm going to get an adult in here to yep. put a stop to this. And that's when she marches down and gets McGonagall. And McGonagall snatches that broom. And, you know, remember when Wood went to go talk to McGonagall, she was like, you got your priorities messed up. And I'm just and, like, wait, you know, did we you forget just... book one when a broom was literally bewitched? The broom that is supposed <laughs> exactly. to be unbewitchable? Exactly. Like, like, exactly. Just, I, I, I forgot. I'm just like, all of you people in this book are just messy right now. Can I have Crookshank? Mm-hmm. I, I I need to see Crookshank because <laughs> all of y'all are annoying me right now. Like, every last one of you with this mess. Like, I, I do not understand why you people are behaving this way because y'all are acting mm-hmm. like if all of a sudden y'all are acting very human. Like this, like the impossible thing isn't possible in a magical world. Like literally, right. y'all are again. I keep saying y'all are running around with weapons of mass destruction, but mm-hmm. yet these simple things are bridged too far. A mysterious person sends you a broom out of nowhere. Harry, you more than anybody else know Voldemort is still alive. Right. I right. didn't even pop in your head because you it wanted didn't to even get pop on in a... your head that he would have had somebody send you a broom to kill you. He wouldn't oh even have to get in there. He's, he noticed that you, you, that he you literally to fly. He could put himself <laughs> on the person's head. And right. oh God, like, falling more can't send you a broom. Ooh, wow. Okay. Nah, uh Somebody <laughs> likes me so much. They want to say, like, what, like, this is the thing. This is, this is why I, I say sometimes. That I didn't it, it laugh is, because it took them five, they, they did five minutes on who could it have been to, okay, let's go fly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can I get on it, please? Can I get on it? Is this- <laughs> I'll take my chances. Exactly. Which is like, you know, we talk about um, the, the whole idea of risky behavior on the part of an adolescent. And I think this was a prime case of risky, of, you know, you get kids. And just like everybody says, but not everybody, that's Hermione. That's Hermione who is thinking ahead and yep. thinking, no, I've you know, she has taken the lessons of the previous two years and said, I'm, I'm giving a side eye to that broom because I don't but, know where it came from. That's right. Because, because here is the thing, though, because whereas adolescents engage in risky behavior, whatever case they be, they, ne- they never think and they've never had brushes with that, right? They're like, oh, oh let yeah. me get into that car. The whole and idea let me drink about, it. yes. You understand what I'm saying? into a car with somebody who's been drinking. Uh, you know, we, even though I'm even though I'm 13 and, right. and my 16 year old friend has been drinking and he has no business behind the wheel. And I really should call somebody and say, come get me. I'll get in this car and hope that nothing happens. Right. That, that happens is typical teenage ignorance. Yes. But Harry Potter has literally faced death three times already. Like but three he's times. Still 13. L- like direct death. And yep. let's not count with the number of times where while playing Quidditch, Yep. Even just last week when the Dementos roll up on the stage and you're exactly. acting like, oh, I'm going to be like, what? Like, let me get on this unknown broom from an unknown person. Like, what right. is this? And and can we get into the Marauders map, please? Because this is the way I almost got, I wanted to punch. Like, because... I love Fred and George. Okay, I have a problem. You see, this is why I'm going to be, this is for one, I have to be Team Ron. Because then I'm annoyed I have to be Team Ron. Because I think Ron is a problem. They didn't share it with him. And they two, don't like but him. Here, here is my larger issue with this. Uh, no one will give away such a map. They wouldn't. Because the map isn't... The, the, the beauty 
of the map is not about knowing where the secret passages are. No, it's knowing where the adults are. It's knowing where people are. And why would you right. give this away? I can imagine yeah. lending it to him. But to give this away? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That's it. JK, you're doing too much. You should have actually well, had Harry. Also, but you know what? They also are already thinking about we're done with school. Almost. You know, they're mm-hmm. thinking we don't, we don't they're even though they don't have the money and all of that that's to come but they're already thinking like eh, this isn't we don't Jemina, need this traditional Jemina. education to live the life that we want to live Janina, here's the other thing too but and i know, agree like but, but, but here's the other thing about this I, i'm I, the magical implication of that map is far mm-hmm. too valuable because here is a map yeah. Here is a piece of thing that can be bewitched, that it can track anything that is moving anything. within it. That's right. And identify it. And identify it. And also mm-hmm. give instructions, because it literally gives Harry instructions of how to get through the passages, right? right. At least one passage. It didn't tell Harry how to get through the wimping, whomping willow. But... The thing about it is just like, and this was bewitched like, let's say, 10, 15 years ago. So it wasn't a spell, and you know how magical Hogwarts is. So to no, put... it was, be- it was <laughs> bewitched. Um, it was before that. It was because uh, the Marauders made it. No, it but, but carrying... that's what I'm saying. So that's what I'm saying, that the magic just wasn't just tied to a particular era. The magic no, is tied no. to that anytime it's the apparent. The location. The location. And we later find out the, the, the map doesn't even have to be <clears throat> in Hogwarts for it to work. That you could right. see this map if you have this map anywhere you want to go. No, we don't mm-hmm. figure out how Ran, how Fred and 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 um thing. I don't even know why the original people lost the map, or maybe they intentionally left it there so people could use it or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. But again, no one would give this away. They wouldn't. Wait, no, just, Phil. I think Filch. Filch. Somehow or another, it fell into Filch, Filch's hand. Filch's hand. Filch, and and he had it in his. He had it in his cabinet. And because he's not the brightest bulb, you know, he he yeah. had it labeled, didn't he? Easily and I think, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think people yeah. understood. I think people, because the map the map would talk to you even though it wouldn't show you the actual well, secret of the map, right? It no, no, no. The past you, no. You had to know what to say to the map. No, 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 no. no, no the, the, how, how the map would work. You have uh-huh. to know what to say to the map. You have to but know what if, to say. But, but it if, would continue to work for anyone if you didn't wipe it. You no, have no, 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 to, no. Know how to right. end it when you're right. done using it. That's why yes, you it, have yes. to do Probably. misadvantage. No, 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 no. That's so what I'm talking about. Filch found it. When Filch found it, he probably found it as an active piece. So then no, no, no. it sat filed, and when the Weasley twins found it, it was still working, quote unquote, because no one had mischief managed it. No, 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 no. That's not what I mean. No, because they say that still shouldn't know what it was. The map right. would work, and not as a map, but it would work as an insult joke for anybody, yeah. right? That they, it would insult yeah, you. It insulted Snape. It insulted Snape, you know, because Snape mm-hmm. knew who made the map. He knew who made the map. He just didn't know how the map worked. Snape mm-hmm. would later find out the map. But I'm simply saying is that the magical implication, because, I mean, this is the magic piece of magic. that You mm-hmm. can go rob any bank, rob any home, like literally. And to, Because if you can put a magic spell on a piece of parchment... It works outside of Hogwarts? Yes, it works outside of No, it doesn't work 
it only it's the, the map with it's only a map it's only of a map of Hogwarts. But the yeah. map can work outside that like you can see what's happening in Hogwarts. You can see what's happening in Hogwarts, yeah. So my yeah. thing about this is that and the map and the map is um knowing so that because they have to literally put a spell on Hogwarts itself, which is big magic. It is mm-hmm. big magic, right? Because like the I large, said, you mean? Yeah, it, it, that has to be complicated magic because the magic, if it only was tied to the specific time that they were there, that's one thing, right? Because they could know everybody who was in the school, right? And they could put like, quote unquote, a magical trace on everybody at the school, right? And the magical right. trace is tied to the map. But that's not what happens, right? The no, magic is no. that once you pass through the hollows, the gates of Hogwarts, you, a tracer is placed on you that is connected to the map, basically. I don't think that's necessarily how it works, but you see what I'm saying? And, yeah, it, and, it, yeah. and it covers our, and it, it reveals magical concealment. But it, it, isn't, it, isn't, it isn't a way of magical concealment. You can, I mean, meaning that magical concealment doesn't work for the map. That the map would reveal who you are exactly in right, proper yes. detail. And here yeah. is the other crazy thing. That Peter Pettigrew was sleeping in Ron's bed and nobody asked a question. Well, Not, you know, well, there was another, there was a man sleeping in Ryan bed for like two years. You know, nobody said, nobody who noticed said, it? Who would have noticed it? I mean, if, if Fred and Me, George Fred have and already George memorized, Fred and George have already memorized this. But they, you know, the, the beauty of the map is not to know what these things, it's not as a, it's not as a mapping of itself. The beauty of the right. map was that, yes, it revealed these secret passages, which you can already know whenever you want to know. But the beauty of the map is that you need to know where anyone is in order to actually move about in the school, because it's right. a magical school. So you're can, asking, you can't. Why did they never see Peter Pettigrew on the map? That's really well, what you're asking, right? Well, I'm, I'm just going to say for them, when they look at the map, they're going to see Ron in bed or wherever he is. And there's another oh, grown man so next to him in bed no, with him. No, that's not that's not true. It shows moving people. No, it doesn't matter once you're moving. It shows where you are. It doesn't matter. It shows everybody think, in the school. That's that. I don't know. I, I feel like they accept Powell because I feel it shows like it's moving people. No, like, it, it shows it Dumbledore in his office, and we see that he's pacing. Right, but it, it would mm-hmm. show that it, it shows in his office. It, it because because that's what the thing that's what Snape looked for it because Snape realized when he saw them on the map whatever he realized that they had left that he wasn't in his office that Lupin was in his office up in right. and moving I think so, that no it, it it doesn't they don't have to be moving we always see people moving because the people who are using the map is looking for where people are at any one particular so, time maybe I'm thinking that because when they talk about the map. They only talk about the moving figures, because but those are the people that they're looking for. True, but even and I know you know movies are messy, but even in the movies when we see the map, mm-hmm. you only see the people that are moving, and it shows like Dumbledore is here, Snape is here, Filch is here. 
Like it's yeah. not showing that people are in their beds sleeping. Because it doesn't typically have when the map is in operation, they are not. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there has been any indication, and if there has, then tell me. But I don't feel like there's been any indication that that map shows every single person labeled when you open it up. Because then yeah, it would it be does. so overwhelming that how could you see what was going on? Hold on. Let me... Um... He's about to pull out the book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Deb, what do you think? I thought that, um, and, I, and I understand what he's saying in terms of, um, he said, I'm, I'm right here at the, it was a map showing every detail of the Hogwarts castle and grounds, but the time, truly remarkable thing was the tiny ink dots moving around and each labeled with a name in minuscule writing astounded Harry bent over it and a labeled dot in the top left corner showed that Professor Dumbledore was pacing his study. The caretaker's cat, Ms. Norris, was prowling the second floor and Peeves, the poltergeist, was currently bouncing around the trophy room. See, everything's um, moving. It's on the map. Yes, but, but, but here's the thing. There's a specific type of thing that's moving, right? They've showed that the map can label people, it can label animals, mm-hmm. and it can animals. label superficial um, supernatural beings. Those are the key three key things here. So the map, mm-hmm. because it says the map showing every detail of the castle and grounds, and the truly right. remarkable thing, and this is where I think they would never give away the map because it isn't just the map itself. The truly remarkable thing about the map is that the map shows where everyone is at any point once you are in the ground. Because we would right. see when Harry consult the map in book seven. Jeannie is at school. She's in the common right. room. And she wasn't moving. Because, in fact, the map shows Harry standing still in front of the thing at this very next moment. So this is the thing I'm saying, you know, I mean, I guess it's part of the plot, but I'm just like, I mean, the Weasley twins gotta be goddamn stupid. Because not only is this map valuable for while they're at Hogwarts, the secret and magic of how this map works is very right. important because the implication is that you could figure out, you could do this for any building. Well, I think I think maybe I, I wonder if they just they used it I don't for think, their purpose and their exactly. purpose was sneaking to get what they wanted. Right. And, and I don't think for a bigger I don't think Fred and, and I don't think Fred and George. Um, I think that they they dealt with whatever pieces that they discovered and that they worked out and then they moved on. Yep. You know, once they they just really figured out how this how it could help them do what they wanted to do. But then when they got to be, I get the impression that when they got to be um, able to go to Hogsmeade on their own, they didn't even care about the map anymore. Yes, because they knew that Phil. No, they use I mean, they use I they use the map. Say, I, no. I understand what you're saying about the map's value, and no, why no, no, would you no, no. They used the map the year value. before. Because the, the tunnel collapsed on them the last year. So while they were in fourth year, they used the map. Because the map was helping them in order to bring illegal things into the yeah. school. But they, they, need to know where, they need to know where people are at any one time. So I'm just so saying. They don't get caught. I, they yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they give it away. I mean, we can't change that. I'm just simply saying that to me, these are the things that sort of pop up to me. That one, it indicates I don't understand how these children are not far more besides Hermione are not far more curious as to magic and how magic works and the capability and possibility for magic because it's very clear here the people who have already done that. Lily and right. James, 
these four, well, we're not going to call them Peter Pettigrew, but Lupin, um, mm-hmm. Sirius, Sirius um, James, Dumbledore, that Voldemort, mm-hmm. that they are using magic to solve solutions that they have in their lives. Mm-hmm. Yes. Re- and yes. they're thinking about this as teenagers. Yeah. At this very guess age. What? Guess yes. what? George in George in um what's his brother's Fred. name? Fred. Fred. When they give that map to Harry, they say why they used it. And they said, We know the secret passageways, we know them all, we have no use for it anymore. That's so what you're though. saying it is silly, but it served the purpose that they wanted it for. And right. they and they say like we don't even know if we're coming back. Like we, we don't know. We don't care. You know, we know at the end they don't even care but about. That happens. That happens later in book four and book five. That they they're dealing no, with that kind of issue. Well, they, they not, say that book. it was hard to part with it. They yeah, say right. it's hard that, to part that, with it. It'd be better for you than for us. We've learned all we can. I, I mean, you know? this, this comes on defeat that you know the grim defeat when Harry lost the the, the mm-hmm. to Hufflepuff. And, you know, like, the broom is destroyed. So they feel like, you know, like, again, here are people being extremely kind to Harry and above and behind. And Harry just like, okay, thanks, and move on. But <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, I get all of that. I, 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 get, I get how it is set up in the book. But I'm just simply saying that these are the things that I'm just like, I don't I do not understand how Yala, how you, the protagonist of this thing, is functioning in this world and how you are able to to stay functioning because at some point this level of ignorance that you have or this lack Mm -hmm. of curiosity and intellectual pursuit is going to catch up with you because you clearly have to see that that you cannot survive in this world without magic and out without it uh uh-huh guess what being skilled at magic okay go ahead harry is a reactor I hear all of that. I hear all of that. And there is no doubt about that. That is all of the evidence to suggest all of that. But what I'm simply saying, that merely being a reactor in this this society, you cannot survive. You cannot. Well, Well, I mean... I I, I do think, I do think that he, that that Harry does develop more curiosity and more, um, you know, figure out how to be more of a problem solver rather than a reactor. Um, when, as he gets older, um, particularly in the fifth book, he's still reacting. I mean, that whole business of running to the ministry. I mean, he's still reacting, but I think he's much more, much more attuned to the way magic works and the way you have to use magic to and able to to do certain things and to get through certain things as opposed to I'm just going to jump on my broom and well, fly. I mean, but this is the thing that I find is interesting that you know that Hermione in the very first book mentioned right? inadequacy immediately, right? And he mentions mm-hmm. that too, right? That you know like oh right. my god, like why? I don't know what I'm supposed to do like these things on this book list, oh my god, and whatever the case may be. Right. But all of those things, as you point out, quickly evaporate when he gets on a broom, right? Harry, whole mm-hmm. world is open up for the That's endless right. possibility on the sky, whatever the case may be. I, I don't know if J.K. Rowling intended this, but, you know, the evidence suggests that that's what happened. But for yeah. me, I, I guess I should just chalk it up to me. One of my biggest qualms with this book 
it's just this. Because everyone else around in this society, right? And maybe they all end up dead anyway. But maybe so apparently studying except Hermione and Rowanus. But I'm just simply saying that you know that the way in which magic works in this society, in this community, you only get it in schools. It's only available this this level this this skill for survival. Like in our ordinary day-to-day life as human beings, right? That I can survive without school. I might not survive well. I might not, but you know, it depends, right? You know that I cannot, I can function in this world without school, per se. I can't function without money, etc. That's all the thing. But my point is that, you know, that this world is a magical world. Magic is required for it to function. You need mm-hmm. to be magical in order to function within this world. And in many cases, almost everyone, whether you are muggle-born or whether you are pure blood, as they would say, often react by being just regularly ordinary human beings. Mm-hmm. And Hermione, the muggle-born person, is the only, well, she's not the only one, but it, she, she, she harkens back to the previous generation or the generation before that generation. Right, where right. They seem to understand, like, you know, like... First of all, magic can be extended because what this name mentions here, like the the work within um the work within the Dementor, right? To deflect a Dementor is magical energy, magical power, etc. Right? Mm-hmm. And you need a store mm-hmm. of it, extending it, an extension of yourself, whatever the case may be. There are magical theories in, at, at play here to a certain extent. And this is right. what I don't know is that, is that Harry keeps getting up every morning, brushing his teeth, and pretend that this is the ordinary day and just a nicer version of Privet Drive. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? That, that to me, that, you know, particularly when you have so many things burden upon you, right? But he right. only, but we would see that he only gets this awakening moment to understand what the magical world is like until book seven, right? When it becomes like, oh, you know what I mean? That even while people are like telling him these other things and whatever the case may be, and maybe it might be, you know, he has this big responsibility, whatever the case may be. But my issue is that the educational system that I see being ex- they're being exposed to here is beyond, they don't, and, and, and quite frankly, much of the magic that these people seem to be showing, it ain't in school textbooks. It's not. No. You know no. what I mean? Because, and I, I think that's why, in a way, um, you know, uh, we'll see later. Umbridge is like the ultimate uh, manifestation of it. We see we, she looks like she's the main one, but basically the whole um, school system the is inadequate. The system <laughs> has been has not been really geared towards make giving them the tools that they need to function. And so I, I agree with you on that. And that's why they, you know, when until until Lupin shows up. They they hadn't had anybody in that teaching that course that had even taken them to where they needed to be. Might I say Lupin is the only person who's teaching more than two or three things? Okay, I am looking yeah. at Lupin's syllabus and it is full. It is plenty. We love Lupin. We love There's Lupin. Lupin is my here. favorite character. Ever? I, 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 He's my I, I, favorite I, of the secondary characters. He really is. I, I just find him such a tragic figure. I, I, I can He's get such a tragic that. figure. He really is such a tragic figure. And, um, you know, when you think about how he handled the things that happened to him in his life 
and how they made what they what kind of person they made him verse and he's still going through versus what Snape went through in his life mm-hmm. and what kind of person that made him. It's like he's almost they're like foils for each other. Um, where it's made Lupin, you know, compassionate, um, a good friend, uh, understanding, all of those things. But the and, tragedy. Sorry, go ahead, Tyron. No, I saw. No, but I'm simply <laughs> saying that just say, you know, it's going back to my, you know, magic and magic and 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 mental issues, uh, um, potions oh, yeah. and psychiatry. It 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 don't mix well. It don't mix well in here because, I mean the trauma that Lupin is suffering and going through. And you want to talk about some crazy petty shit, how this man became a werewolf? Yeah. Like, somebody needs... This is... I do not understand. I do not understand how some people are running around in this society. I don't understand how some people can still live. Well, maybe... But how people still have their freedom. How much Mm -hmm. more has not been done to secure these people from the reach of other people. How right, in many ways right. the magical community seems to be inadequate of handling the problems that they have created that are that are not even necessarily that they are creating. I agree. That they're creating, but the problems that they did that they know exist. Like literally, yeah. how you're responding to like werewolves and whatever the case may be is how humans mm-hmm. gonna react to werewolves. I'm just like, right. you can't do magic. Right. Remember I, your I, powers. I, I, right. And, but I think that that is, I think that is very, very typical. And I think that that is, I mean, it just shows you that even with those skills, people would rather cover things up, um, pretend that things don't exist, all of those kinds of things, rather than address the real issues that they have that are right there in front of them and that keep people from living full lives. Because mm-hmm. I'm just like, your father offended somebody with some, some, well, clearly some petty skirmish because he didn't hurt anybody. You offended mm-hmm. somebody and you suck out this man's baby and attacked right. him. Mm-hmm. Like, and the magical community has no remedy for this situation. Just nothing. No. No. They don't, they, they don't, they do not know how to deal with, with someone, an innocent child caught up in this situation. Right. I do not, and right. this is what this is the other. This is why I I'm think that into. I think that's allegorical, though. But this is I what mean, it's really. It's, it's a real plot device, but I think it's allegorical to real in life in terms of like how we read the. Yeah, that in is true. Of, in, in terms of children being caught with in some adult bullcrap and having to live with it, and you know either where they've been molested or whatever they whatever it's been that has happened to them. That you know they can, that they cannot let go, and that uh, that comes out in mm-hmm. various ways and causes them to act out and to you know whatever. I think that's very allegorical. Um, there is a a book, one of my favorite. It's a little I know it's a book. It's probably an extended paper. Uh, Amos is there, and I think about this nearly every day or every other day. He starts off this. The book is discourse on colonialism, but. He doesn't mention anything about colonialism in the beginning part just yet, but you know, I find it apropos for a lot of situations. He says, a civilization that proves incapable of solving the problem, it creates is a decadent civilization. Mm-hmm. A civilization that chooses to close its eyes to its most crucial problems is a stricken civilization. A civilization that uses its principles for trickery and deceit is a dying civilization. 
So mm-hmm. I want to ask this question, and we can. It isn't something we need to take up this moment because we have four more books to go. In many ways, we see that many of the problems that are occurring even now are cyclical problems, right? That these problems right. exist or pre-exist before the main characters that we're dealing with, you know, the, before Harry Potter existed, right? And in many cases, Harry Potter was, was given a problem, a burden to carry, uh, mm-hmm. um, even before he even knew what that burden was. Like, uh, he was dependent upon somebody, right? He was... He was a burden on some. Not he was a child, never a burden on his parents. But you understand what I'm saying? That he yes, had to be yes. dependent upon someone. So in many ways, the magical community is so because we we do get later on the issue about you know like pure blood, whatever. But is the magical community a dying community? Are these people like in 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 esoteric, not esoteric, but you know caught up in like some crazy tradition? Like they they. they because honestly, many of the things this this magical world cannot function. They don't deal with anything properly. Just nothing mm-hmm. at all. Any yeah. major threats? I mean, like I don't know yep. why the hell you think the mentors is going to be needed at a school. Like this is like a real regular life prison. Like so, so serious black shows up in the school, right? What are you going to do? Let the dementors run in there and catch him? Like is that how we going to approach that situation? Because why? The children, well, you know, the, the look how they look. They came on the train exactly and, uh, until until Sirius says. I mean, until Lupin says, Sirius Black is not on this train. <laughs> Get out! Well, he, well he, 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 he um he doesn't patrona. Well, but yes. this is our first clue that they're not really controlled. Right. Well, well, well I mean, even if, but but apparently the truth that they've always been problematic. Mm-hmm. That no, that there's right. always been this problematic element to these people, these things, whatever they are, and and this is the thing I don't understand. Like there are these creatures that exist. I think someone needs to go. I, I mean, that, that that these things that exist, but yet you know they're <clears> not. Um, there is no, no real way to to deal. And you think like the fact that Patronuses wasn't the buzzword around the whole school in year three, mm-hmm. it's like what the hell. Y'all have a whole pack of Dementors outside the school. <laughs> a pack of Dementors literally came into the school grounds while y'all were there in a, as a group, as a collective body, enjoying a sporting event. And no one knows Patronus. Right. Like, it's very know, advanced it's, magic. Most grown, lots year, of grow, grown wizards can't produce a Patronus. So. But meanwhile, last year, y'all thought this era Slytherin was running around. Y'all had Gallic around y'all neck and selling amulets. Like, what? Like, come on, children. Like, what are we doing? Like, this year we're like, oh, oh, Dementors, whatever. We just feel icky inside. Is that what it is? <laughs> we can eat some chocolates, right? Some chocolates. Just make sure you have some, kids, just make sure you have some handy chocolates in your pocket. When the Dementors roll by, just pop pop a few pegs into your mouth. <laughs> just square. You'll be good. This is, I, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, to me, this, but I mean, and again, to the allegorical section you, you're mentioning, is it maybe in in many ways this is so even more in many ways I read this book without the magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you understand mm-hmm. because that's magic fair. is yeah. such an appliance in I a think way. That's fair because magic yeah. isn't necessarily interwoven 
into how these people go about solving problems or dealing right. with situations. You know what I mean? Magic just becomes like, you know, pop up in here, whatever. Well, and, except for, your, you know, they, when, when Dumbledore suggested Hermione use her time turner. Right. Um, and that's how they're going to save Sirius. Well, because they're going uh, to do go we get back. To that? I'll, be, I'll, I'll be deal with that next episode. Are we going to do two parts yeah. today? Are we going to do one part today? I think we're going to have to do two parts. We'll do okay. two. It's a good place to stop. It's a good place yeah. to stop. So do we want to yeah. recap and stop using whatever? What, 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 so I, I would say, let me ask this question. Um, Actually, let me go to Deb Handy. Actually, we have to deal with a lot of Debs. Um, we dealt with a lot of it. We dealt with yeah. a lot of yeah. that. We did true, actually. We did. But I, I would wonder, um, yeah, Deb, I would have to agree. Sports culture, even in the magical world, is problematic because wood, <laughs> I'm just like, boo, like a three thousand dollar broom shows up at school and no one's asking anything. Is there no way to trace mail in this? Community? Oh, wait a minute! You totally already went off on that. I'm just simply saying, but you know, I'm just finding it out. But anyway, my question. So, anything so far about um, before we get to like the major plot point, uh, the climax, because we always save the climax for the second yes. <laughs> episode. Like prior to the climax, anything I know Deb points out, and I know Janine, if you that, that the book is very dark. Um, right. Well, we haven't talked at all about the whole. You know, we've talked a little bit about the the way the school is run, and we haven't really talked about um, Hagrid. And them bringing in Haggard yes. as a teacher. Um, we haven't really talked about Trelawney. We need oh, to talk yeah. about. I know, but, but Trelawney yes. has a major role to play down the road. Major. We cannot ignore her. So I think this is a good place to stop and that we can talk about these other figures who are going to wind up being so very important to the to later points in the series. Mm-hmm. So I just have to say, Deb, that in many ways this discussion has you know, maybe I, because I release my demons, that my anger <laughs> level is, yeah. you know, I, I don't, I don't feel as enraged as I was about this book. Um, but, you know, it is a, as all, this is always, you know, I am, I love these discussions that we're having on these books. And I'm sure J.K. Rowling is listening to us secretly. I know she is. <laughs> In my mind, it, it just doesn't work any other way. I just I do think that there is a richness in this book, even though it's the dark. It's getting it's starting to turn the the tide on the darkness, and um, we can talk some more about you know some other aspects of that. The dog. The, I mean, there's so many areas that we, so you know, we could talk about that. Um, so we'll save that for the next episode. But yeah, it, that is true. Is I, I would fun. agree with that. Yeah, it, there is mm-hmm. a certain. Um, there was a certain. I think when I read this book, I do remember thinking that. But you write like in the first two book it was very adventure ish kind of mm-hmm. like and you know but in this book I was just like oh no girl we are not this is this is not children like this is something mm-hmm. like, we we she's we have ride. yes we have officially turned the corner into mm-hmm. the dark side of Harry Potter <laughs> yes, and you know what I love it I love it oh, I yeah. love it I love it um this book for me was a uh, okay i am officially hooked i am sucked in give me more you know yep. i mean clearly i got to the third book i read them consecutively i didn't have to wait for releases so um i liked it enough to keep going but this for me was the book of 
give it to me, lay it on me. I want it all. Yes. I agree. I agree. Oh, yes. So this was the book for us. So this is the book that was just like, we were, We had to finish this series, right? Like, there was no way. Yes. Be I, like, I have yeah. to know everything. Yeah. I know exactly. people who have read the first book or the first two books and was just like, nah. But and you're you, like, you read the, the third. third book, but you read get read it. Book, bro, you're going to be. That is true. Mm-hmm. The, the third book does stand out as that in that manner. So mm-hmm. thank you all for listening. I do. I'm hoping you all enjoy our podcast as always. Um, this is a black cauldron, so you know how we do it. We're extra, we're intellectual, we're just all that goodness. And we were <laughs> drinking today. Um, yes. We should, you know, I was wondering if we should, if we should probably, and I don't know, maybe we should reach out to folks who are listening and find out if they want to do a live episode on which book coming up. I know um, there's some people yeah. from the tennis podcast who have been catching up because people still have real work to do in the real life and they're trying they to do and things. they love us live and we're gonna have to give it to them eventually book four is probably because so many people um book four was their book okay um, i've met so many people who say oh it was book four i loved book three but well and i couldn't wait for book four and when it came it met all my you know it was was so great true. so wonderful so well, i think book four maybe Okay. So maybe maybe we'll have a live ec- episode to talk about book four. That sounds like a good plan. And yeah. so and also let's not forget fifty point for Ravenclaw because I solved the puzzle. I'm in Gryffindor, bitch. I no. made you solve the puzzle. I'm leaning on you like Ron and her, and, and Harry. <laughs> like they need to know on Hermione to figure Who it else out. Who else is our Hermione? Exactly. Exactly. I was like, but you know, I have to give her credit that she didn't have paper. She has a 3D mind. <laughs> oh, she does. She does, and she, you know, she doesn't. I don't you think know. she understands it yet. I don't think she understands Not yet the, the, the caliber of the she level. Ever of really? Yeah, I think uh, she does. I think she does. I think she we does. Will see. We will see. So, folks, there isn't a, there will be a puzzle question next week, a uh, trivia question. There are not too many puzzles running around um, in the book, as far as I'm aware. But, you know, there's a trivia question that's available. So I will, would um, pass it out next episode. So And I have stuff. I have stuff that you will like, and I will send it to you. Yes. I have I, I Actually, don't stuff. believe that's sending to you, Pat. You know what I mean? Oh, I send stuff to people <laughs> no, that win things no. from podcasts. Yes, I, think, I don't send oh, things okay, to you. Okay, Let's get it right. Okay. <laughs> unless she orders it directly, unless the the, the, the the seller is shipping it, but once it gets to Janina's home, it stays at her home, okay. and it's not being used. It is literally on her table. True story. Okay. Good night, guys. All right, guys. Take care. It was fun. <laughs>